Hey everybody, I'm Steve Woolenhouse and this is Anatomy of Success. To be a better leader, six things will promote greater trust and confidence. That's our topic this week. Glad you joined us. Let's get started. Welcome back again. I'm Steve Wollenhouse. This is Anatomy of Success. Please subscribe to the podcast. We do appreciate ratings and reviews. If you have a minute, help guide us on our journey as we curtail content that's satisfying, relevant for you, and also reach out to more people in the process. Stop by weatherology.com. That's my company page. Grab the Weatherology mobile app. It's free. Take advantage of that. You can find me under About Us at the top of that page. Links to LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Now some things on YouTube as well as on TikTok. You know, it's ironic, the amount of advice circulating on social media regarding leadership expertise in particular. But how many of these people have actually built a successful business, struggled through entrepreneurial adversity for decades, and consistently won every one of those battles, managed teams that created some of the best products or services in the world, have a history of generosity, fairness, equality that stretches back for decades? How many have a reputation of being kind, compassionate, and humble? How many leaders practice workplace diversity, advancement of women and equality and have for decades? You know, a lot of these things we talk about today, they're fashionable right here and now. So people shed light on these things. It's a pretentious kabuki dance. We've talked about this in so many ways. And I see so many people stop by people's posts on LinkedIn, asserting themselves as if they're some self-proclaimed expert. No, you worked in some other industry 15 years ago. Then you got into coaching and now you think you're an expert on how to build a business. You read the book and you recite all the right nomenclature, but how much practical experience do people have actually doing the things they profess to know so much about or care so much about? The problem with mission statements, corporate value statements, and scrambling to create diversity policies that coincide with the times, it's disingenuous and it's often very inaccurate. It's easy to manufacture a wish list of things we want people to believe we are and dream up mission statements or declarations that supposedly reflect what we stand for, but it doesn't really indicate what we embody as an organization or as an individual. Mission statements and corporate values provide some insight into how organizations try to treat people, but there's no guarantee. So seek testimonials to corroborate people's claims when you're searching for employment opportunities. If their employees aren't valued above everything else, it's a huge red flag. So people looking for jobs today need to be very intentional and deliberate. You have the upper hand. Great employees are in high demand right now. Organizations that value people with evidence that that's ubiquitous are also committed to their customers that they serve. Those values are interrelated, by the way. Too many companies establish a mission statement like children prepare a Christmas list. It's a declaration of everything they aspire to be, but doesn't accurately reflect the organization's real values or the values of their leaders. You know, corporate culture, values, customer experience, striving to be something is vastly different than actually being it. And these declarations frequently forget to identify the consciousness of the actual organization. Mission statements, fantastic. If that's what you want to do, go ahead, create one. But if nobody believes it, they aren't worth a shit. Sorry. 
So how do we learn to practice what we preach and earn the reputation of being an organization that personifies the values we profess to have? Stephen Covey said this, what you do has far greater impact than what we say. So here are six principles every leader needs to practice. And incidentally, this is relevant for anybody aspiring for a leadership role. And that could be in your family, your social circle, at work, a volunteer group, doesn't matter, it's relevant. Number one, focus. I can't begin to tell you how many times I see people providing leadership advice that think they know it all. Their confirmation bias about their leadership abilities is grossly distorted and it's predicated on assumptions that presuppose they are infallible. Letting go and focusing on what we do best is imperative for effective leadership. At Weatherology, I concentrate on two, maybe three areas that receive my undivided attention at any one given time. They are critical to our operation and our success, and everyone knows that's where my energy needs to be allocated. Everything else, my remarkable teams manage, oversee, focus on, and they do it flawlessly. Why? I don't waste their time with meaningless meetings, reiterating the obvious, constant oversight, constant distractions, constant new policies, pontificating about the latest, most fashionable diversity notion. We operate like a well-oiled machine because we focus on areas of expertise that we all have, and we've assembled a group of remarkable people that function flawlessly together as a team. Next, improve. Leaders that aren't committed to constant improvement should be a major concern. In today's business environment, that means somebody dedicated to self-awareness and emotional intelligence. Great leaders balance critical thinking, rational thought, emotional excellence. Cultivating those skills requires ongoing commitment, and it works perfect when you find people that are heavily invested in this never-ending endeavor of constantly improving and learning. Many leaders regurgitate the latest trends. They find your why and build a tribe. It's nauseating. How often I hear leaders recite this stuff? It's a recipe for success, and there's no such thing as a recipe for success. Real leaders have a long list of accomplishments that validate their claims and their values and their principles, and they practice those things daily, and there's consistently throughout the decades. They reside over organizations that don't have to constantly turn people over and find new people and have satisfied employees that celebrate tenures that are unparalleled. Great people don't stick around if you don't have an organization like that because they aren't committed to constant improvement and great people sense it immediately. Next, what I call cultivate. Great leaders provide coaching and mentorship oversight. That has never been more important than today. True leaders don't dictate direction without making sure the appropriate people are in place to facilitate that vision. Pontificating about great leadership, conducting endless meetings, meddling in everybody's affairs isn't leadership. It's annoying. It's management. It's highly distracting and irritating to extraordinary people especially. 
If we have done a good job assembling great teams and guiding their development, they reach out to us when they need support. Otherwise, we trust their competence, their capability unequivocally, which doesn't require oversight all the time. Sam Walton said this, previous owner-operator of Walmart. Outstanding leaders go out of their way to boost the self-esteem of their personnel. If people believe in themselves, it's incredible what they can accomplish. Next, acknowledgement. And it's so simple, but oftentimes overlooked. One thing I see repeatedly inhibit leaders' ability to earn credibility and respect is their inability to acknowledge imperfection. Many bloviate and attempt to convince their teams how intelligent they are. It's a constant act of attempting to impress people as if they have exclusivity and wisdom and great ideas. In the process, they alienate people from contributing, censor innovation, and they prohibit improvement of efficiencies and productivity. Having the humility to admit we don't have all the answers opens up communication. Reciprocity encourages creativity. That is especially relevant during challenging times when teams may have the perfect solution to many of the challenges that we're confronting, but we may be too stubborn to acknowledge it. Be vulnerable, be transparent, watch cohesiveness and team unity escalate. professional. Since I started my company over 36 years ago, I've heard so many stories of bosses that can't resist flirting with female colleagues, making sexist remarks or belittling people when they get upset. Each time you step over the line, you jeopardize your reputation and you create an atmosphere of distrust and fear. Want my advice? Don't eat where you shit. In addition, be professional and appreciate people are paying attention to every action that we take, every detail. Instilling the same professional conduct in our teams, critical, and it never happens if we don't lead by example. Sounds like a lecture. A lot of people need to hear it. That pertains to women and control now too. I hear lots of stories of women bosses being flirtatious with their men employees. Goes both ways, folks. Sexism is in a one-way street. So let's be honest about the stuff that goes on. And if you want to earn a reputation that builds a solid team that is diverse and inclusive, that's how you do it. You treat people with respect. And that means everybody. Finally, people. When we fail to place people first, our decisions reveal how important they truly are and they pick up on it. When we show favoritism, shoot down ideas, publicly humiliate, focus exclusively on profit or act condescending, we send a clear signal. I'm the boss. Do as I say. No intelligent, capable, or driven person will ever flourish in an environment that operates like an autocracy. When we value people, our actions support our commitment to making sure they're safe, secure, respected, and appreciated. Walt Disney said this, all of the things I've done in my life professionally, I must admit the most valid is coordinating those who work with me and aiming their efforts toward a certain goal. That means placing people first to paraphrase. Now, I hope you benefited from this conversation on leadership and building trust and confidence. Apply these things, you can't fail. I'm Steve Wollenhouse. This is Anatomy of Success. Glad you joined us. Come back again next week. Until then, let's stay focused. Let's stay positive and Let's stay optimistic.